What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, we appreciate you. Make sure to leave a review. We're giving away a Rashad Bateman or a whatever player jersey that you want when we hit 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So make sure to give us a review down there. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Uh, make sure to leave any comments, any ideas, any suggestions that you want us to talk about in the future in the comments section down below um and also on spotify i believe it also has like a question bar where you guys can put like questions and feedback so if you have questions on spotify you can put them in there um i i use that feature every once in a while um but i think it pops up automatically now so you guys can leave reviews there um and leave feedback and questions and things like that but joshua the biggest news of the baltimore ravens we will get to it yeah but the Ravens have hired some coaches. The coaching staff appears to be fulfilled. And I thought it was really funny. The person that tweeted it out, um, like the initial hiring of uh, of Ravens now wide receiver coach. Actually, I think it was the Chuck Smith hiring. Was, it was like the biggest Ravens news of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravens hired Chuck Smith. But the Ravens have hired two new coaches. Chuck Smith, outside linebacker slash edge coach. And then Greg Lewis as wide receiver coach. You know, both those guys are replacing uh, players. Greg Lewis replacing T. Martin. T. Martin um, is now the quarterback's coach, so don't worry. He's still, in the, still with the team. And then Chuck Smith replacing Rob Leonard. Joshua, what are your thoughts on these signings? I mean, I do feel like they great signings. Um, I do. I mean, Greg Lewis, he's been where? Uh, just past uh, for the past City. couple of years. Kansas City. So, I mean, what Kansas City been been doing? Producing wide receivers and arguably have one of the best um, pass catching tight end in Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, um, it's good to have someone in, in the office that could possibly help us develop the wide receivers. We have been hurting on that end. Um, so, hopefully, we can see an upside. You know, even from um, guys tweeting about Steve Saunders, you know, Hopefully we can see outside of guys of less injuries in this um in this room in this office and facility because I know a lot of people are saying Rashad Bateman might possibly be a bust and maybe injury prone, but it's you know it, it really does goes hand in hand with the strength and conditioning and the and the, um and the workout plan and the, and the eating habits and things of that nature you know because you you don't go from playing for maybe five years in college healthy then we get to NFL. You get into an organization. The next thing you know, boom! With no injury history, you start get you start becoming injury prone. So I mean, it's a lot of things to play in that. But you know, to, to see that um, a new possible regime that may give our players some new life and new, you know, um, a breath of fresh air that could possibly help some of our guys. That's like, I guess we could say, on the bubble, um, actually develop to you know be the players that they start out to be in on this next level. It's great to see, man. Um, I mean, unfortunately, some of these additions are on the later end of Lamar Jackson's uh, tenure here as a Baltimore Raven. But, hey, um, some change is better than absolutely no change. So even though it's coming late, it's good to see it. <laughs> yeah, and I really like both of these these hirings. And Greg Lewis uh, coming over uh, from Kansas City, a former player. I actually I did not know this, but if you guys know the Brett Favre, It's not really a Hail Mary, but last second touchdown pass against the 49ers um, in primetime on, I believe the game was on Fox. Greg Lewis is the one that catches the touchdown pass at the back of the end zone. Cool Mm. play. One of my favorite plays of all time. Um, I did not put that together until somebody tweeted it out. And I was like, oh, no way. That's sick. So, like, didn't know of him as a player. Um, You know, he, he played a long career in the NFL. But being coming over from the Chiefs, something that's interesting that, 
you know, I've seen people talk about is maybe we bring in Miko Hardman. Um, kind of interesting that we also hired, you know, maybe, maybe that brings a potential for Miko Hardman, a very cheap uh, option as a speedy wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Not saying I'm pro, I'm not saying I'm against it, you know, just, you know, interesting connection right there. But coming over from Kansas City, they've had a lot of receivers that have been able to produce pretty well. And that's not just because Greg Lewis is the greatest wide receivers coach of all time. You know, they're playing in a really good system, but it seems like every time they plug in a wide receiver, they seem to work. Yeah. If it's Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, uh, you know, Darius Tony, Tony, (laughs) you could look at, um, you know, they had multiple guys that like, it was like, who are these guys? And they had played like five years in the NFL. And then they signed them in. They had a, um, a guy named, I can't remember his name. He, he wore like number 80 or 84 or something like that. And, you know, he Justin Watson was his name, I believe. And it was like, who is this guy? And then it's like, oh, wow, he's actually kind of putting up numbers. Um, (laughs) And they lose Tyree Kill and they're still able to produce with MVS and Juju. And I just feel like it's good to get somebody from a really pass heavy system uh, Mm -hmm. that also, you know, Joshua, you brought up the tight ends, you know, having wide receivers that know what it's like to play around a really good tight end. Right. Hey. The tight end is going to be one finding the soft spot. Maybe you need to overrun, over pursue, do all those sorts of things to maybe draw defenders a little bit more, maybe help out the tight end. Um, you know, just some interesting dynamics that he could bring. My favorite uh, signing, hiring, whatever you want to call it, was Chuck Smith. Uh, Chuck Smith is coming into a position that we need. Pass mm. rush developer. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got We've got developmental guys. We've got Dalen Hayes. We've got uh, Mr. Adafi Away. We have some good pieces, you know, in, in Ty Spouser and, yep. you know, Mr. David Ojabo. But Chuck Smith is is seen as a very, very good trainer and coach. He helps younger athletes. He helps college athletes. He helps pro athletes. And actually, Vaughn Miller, I think people know who Vaughn Miller is, one of the greatest <laughs> pass rushers of all time, a Super yep. Bowl MVP. He holds, you know, I know a lot of people know of tight end university. That's George Kittle, Greg Olson, um, and a few others. There's also a pass rusher one, and it's hosted by Von Miller. And Chuck Smith helps with that. Mm. Chuck Smith is like Von Miller's guy. Okay. Von Miller's really good. (laughs) Von Miller is really good at football. And Chuck Smith has this philosophy of like, you know, and and there's nothing groundbreaking. But he wants to make offensive linemen not know what you're going to do. You have to keep them on their toes. And that, I think, is something that the Ravens have struggled with, with their pass rush play uh, from the younger guys. I think Justin Houston does it really well. I think that's why he has so much success. But I think Adafi gets into these streaks where it's like he tries the same move over and over and over again. He's just like bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, yeah, bull rush. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're not Reggie White. Um, maybe try something else. maybe Chuck Smith could help him out with that because we do have freak athletes. We do have quickness. We do have players that could potentially develop into really good, if not great pass rushers. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a really good signing that I'm excited for. Um, And a a lot of people, you know, just really quickly that I see on Twitter, they they were like getting mad that we were like hiring people because they're like, man, we should be focused on Lamar. And it's like, we can focus on multiple things at once. This is not something where it's like focus on Lamar. That's how you that's how you lose in the NFL. Yeah. That's how you lose in life is you get tunnel vision on doing one thing in your life and everything else falls apart. And honestly, you know, like I said, man, it speaks volume that, you know, that they're willing to take the next step of possibly, you know, um, bringing in a new regime. And 
I don't know, Makana. I may be looking into it too deep, but you know, this might be uh a last year for hardball too. So we might <laughs> I'm just saying it, it a lot of moves are being made. <clears throat> and he's surrounding his he's surrounding himself around a lot of guys, you know, that has a great track sheet. You know when you run a, you know <clears throat> excuse me, in track when you run the uh the uh, the four hundred uh, relays that that person that that that's not the strongest runner either starts off first or is like that middle guy. So you got your other speedy speedier guys, the other guys that can catch up, you know, to keep to keep you in the race and finish it off the race. So you know, right now jo- Jonathan is that guy in that on that uh, relay team that's not the he's the he's the starter. You know, he's the one that. He might be lagging behind everybody else, but you know, if you put, if you got some other guys you can pass the baton to that can that can lap some other lap the other teams and catch up with the other teams and and, and eventually beat them. By all means, that's what it look like uh, John going to do to keep his job in Baltimore. So I mean, like I said, Ravens fan, I might be looking to this too deep. This possibly could be um, a chopping block up uh, year for Jonathan. But I mean, I'm just saying, just look at the moves that are, that are being made. Just look at the moves that they're being made. It took him a long time to finally let go of Greg Gregory Roman. He was already uh him and him and uh what's his name? Oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Wink. Wink. They they, yeah. they they parted, they they mutually parted ways when we all saw uh when we all saw on the field that they got into it many a times, but they always bumped heads. So I mean, this is gonna be a new regime. Um, they these guys got great track records. Willie Taggart, honestly, that may be um one of my uh favorite signings just off the strip of his history um in producing running backs. You know, I'm looking for JK having a possible thousand yard thousand yard rush season. Um if they let go if they let go um guess upwards, I'm looking forward to the the second second guy, maybe a deuce of Vaughn uh, or um <laughs> You know that's my that's my that's my shifty guy. I forgot I forgot all about him. I, I don't believe I did, but um, there's so many so much talent in the draft that they can add into that running back room, and we're gonna get a lot of and uh, hopefully we get a lot of production out of every position. Yeah, and you know let's kind of transition right here. And if people don't know how we typically do this show, is we ask, hey, what are some topics and you know questions that you guys have. We do that on Twitter. We do that on YouTube. If you guys put it in the Spotify or Apple podcast, if you guys want to leave a review and put questions in the Apple podcast reviews, that's totally fine. We'll talk about them uh, coming from there. However, you guys ask us questions, we want to talk about them. And we got a question on, I believe it was Twitter. Nope. It was on YouTube. Uh, It comes from Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones always asking good questions. Says, how can the Ravens proceed? And this is a great question because this was just a major deadline. The franchise tag deadline. And the Ravens did something that not a lot of people were expecting. You know, the reports initially were all Ravens are going to exclusive franchise tag him. The Ravens have now tagged Lamar Jackson, the non-exclusive tag, meaning on March 16th, the then he is able to go around and talk to people. It may be, it may be Monday, but I'm pretty sure it's the 16th. Uh, or that may be when he can sign an offer sheet's the 16th and he can talk Monday. But next week, basically, he can talk to other teams. Joshua, how should the Ravens be approaching the offseason at this point? Is it 
is it tunnel vision on Lamar? Is it going around and, you know, talking to teams about trading for other pieces? Is it just, hey, let's just sit back and relax and wait for the draft? How 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 should they be handling the situation right now? Honestly, you know, if I'm EDC, if I'm Jonathan Harbaugh, um, I'm still I'm still playing for the future because at the end of the day, uh, with or without the Lamar, the Ravens will still be an organization in the NFL. Not saying, and let let me put this disclaimer out now, TTB family. Just because I said that does not mean I do not want Lamar Jackson in the building. I want him in the building. I want him to get us to the AFC Championship game hell i want him to win and possibly get us to the super bowl and win super bowl mvp in a pro style offense something i've been preaching about since day one and if you don't know you need to go back and watch the old episodes make sure you sub sub up to the uh youtube channel and also listen to the apple podcast and leave comments shameless plug it doesn't matter but anywho um i do i do feel like the ravens need to continue moving forward and um and the, and, the, and the next thing is sharpening up this wide receiver room. There are a lot of uh, free agents in this year in the wide, under the wide receivers that is under the age of 30. If you are going to go ahead and try to make a trade for a proven vet, be aggressive about it. I do. I will wholeheartedly love for them to get a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a Keenan Allen. Hell, Todd Munkin has ties with Mike uh, Mike Evans. If if you uh if the Ravens are willing to uh throw out there throw a sweet deal, and uh, I don't know how big Mike Evans' contract is, and if the Bucks is willing to you know hit take take a little bit of that hit, by all means put him back with his one of his old OCs where he went for back to back thousand yard receiving seasons. I'm just saying, I'm just saying because if Lamar does come back. You know, if he does not decide to sign with another team, whoever is at the quarterback position is going to need a veteran wide receiver they can depend on. We've been saying this for years. Now, you know, the great thing about this non-exclusive tag, yes, it's a $32 million hit, but they still have money to play with. That's the good thing about it. And you still can pick up a wide receiver, a young guy, maybe an actual slot guy, in this year's draft, or or we do what we do best, find an undrafted free agent. You know how to get those gems. I mean, we we now got a wide receiver coach that has history of developing. I know that I know I'm putting a I'm putting a I'm putting a big axe on Greg Lewis, but hey, Baltimore's Baltimore hasn't been able to uh, produce a wide receiver. I'm gonna say it since Torrey Smith. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. We haven't really had a wide receiver since Torrey Smith. You may saw a flash here or there from a Mark Clayton, a Clarence Moore, uh Chris Moore, maybe Marlon Brown, which honestly I thought was gonna be a big name in Baltimore, but hey, didn't happen. Um, so I would definitely continue moving forward. Um, make make adjustments, make cap, make cap space, uh, see if you can um save some money. Me personally, I would be finding a way to cut Michael Pierce because he just wasted our time. There's no disrespect to him, but I mean, Justin Metabike, Broderick Washington, how even Travis Jones stepped up tremendously, and we didn't lose a beat on that defensive line without Michael Pierce being there. Even when Calais Campbell had to sit out a couple games, those young guys still stepped up and did their thing. So, I mean, 
If you can move money around, see if you can restructure a couple of deals, see if you can reach out to a guy here or there, maybe be aggressive and make a trade to upgrade our wide receiver room, maybe find a corner possibly, um, see if Jason Pierre-Paul is willing to come back on a, on a vet minimum room, see if we can work out a deal with Chester Houston if he wants to come back, you know, things of that nature. But you have to constantly work on um, upgrading your team. And, and you know, fill those fill those areas where we're hurting that. Yeah, and something that I want to bring up, you mentioned cutting some players. Yeah, shout out to Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. They said, or he said, Brian said, <laughs> Ravens are nine million over the cap. They have until next Wednesday, the fifteenth, to clear that cap space. So that's the other thing they have to be focusing on is figuring out which players to cycle in and out. Because there is, you know, Joshua brought up a couple of names, you know, a guy like Michael Pierce, you know, you can obviously restructure contracts that, you know, you don't have to cut players to save up money. But right now they need to focus on figuring out what they're going to do in order to stay under that cap. And I don't think they're going to do anything drastic. I'm not expecting a Chuck Clark cut or trade. I'm not expecting a Gus Edwards cut, probably expecting some restructures, but I think that's probably what we're going to be seeing in the next week. Like, I don't think it, we're going to be hearing Ravens meeting with Lamar Jackson in, you know, Miami right now, you know, or, or in Lamar Jackson's hometown or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be Ravens meeting with uh, free, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. I think it's going to be Ravens restructure. Uh Maybe it's Ronnie Stanley's contract, or maybe they extend somebody, right? You know, maybe they give a contract extension to a player uh, like a Calais Campbell, who, if you give him an extension and you push the money forward and, you know, do the signing bonus, give him a two year deal again. I think that's what we did last year, where it's like, okay, let's just push it again. And, you know, if you want to retire, totally fine. We'll give you your money now, you know, doing something like that. I'm not expecting them to do anything crazy, go after trades. I feel like right now, the Ravens play with this whole situation was let's let the market figure out what Lamar Jackson is going to get paid and let's pay it. Mm -hmm. But in order for the market to do that, you got to let the market do it, which means you got to give them time. You got to make sure that the market knows exactly who's involved, you know, what teams are offering, let Lamar speak with those teams. And that's going to take some time. You know, I'm not expecting the Ravens to, you know, or a team to give Lamar Jackson an offer. I mean, there may be a team that gives Lamar an offer, but it's probably not an offer he accepts. Um, No, like, crazy, you know, good offers that Lamar's like, okay, I'm going to sign this offer sheet. I'm not expecting that for months. Like, it may be after the draft when something happens uh, because teams want to say, hey, maybe we get our quarterback. We don't want to sign Lamar and then get our quarterback. And the longer it takes, I think the – the greater the benefit for the Baltimore Ravens because like, then it's like, Oh, okay. Lamar, you're not signed. Why don't you talk to us? You know, we'll see if we can get a deal or you're going to play for us on a $32 million cap, which is not very much uh, for a superstar quarterback. So I think overall the Ravens are in a good spot. You know, obviously they have a couple of things that they can do and work on, but overall I think they're, they're kind of crushing it. But Joshua, is there anyone like in terms of like cuts that you think could happen in the next week just to save a little bit of money? I mean, honestly, um, I wouldn't want to cut him. Uh, I'm I'm big on cutting Michael Pierce personally. 
it's not like I said, it's nothing against him. You know, he started his career off here as a Raven. Um, he had great moments, flash, uh, great flashes. You know, he went out to do uh, well. He went out to get his money in Minnesota, and he came back. You know, to the team where it all started. And um, unfortunately, it hasn't worked out because of person, either personal reasons or injuries, uh, injuries uh, this last year. But I definitely would love for us to try to make a move with Chuck Clark. There are teams that are that actually do need a safety. Um, I do believe the Bills are looking for a safety. Carolina Panthers could look for a safety. Maybe we can get a fourth round. I'm not asking. I'm not even asking for no third. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not insane, y'all. A fourth, fifth round. I'm. I'm. I'm willing to work with that. We can always find a diamond in the rough uh, with a fourth, or fifth rounder. We obviously showed that last year how those guys contributed to you know to our uh, past season. Um, there are teams that are looking for running back. Uh, Guess what? Edwards is still serviceable. Um, maybe he wants the opportunity to be a starter. I think he does deserve the opportunity to be a starter. The only thing, at the end of the day, he has to show that he still has it um, to be a, num- a number one um, feature back in someone's offense. Um, so, I mean, you could definitely make moves like that. Uh, who else? I, maybe. Mm, I don't think Mar- Marcus Williams' contract, he, he won't hurt us to, like, year three in his contract, I don't believe. I mean, you can always restructure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, true. Like, he's going to have a cap hit, you know. Yeah. How much is it going to be? You know, I feel like every offseason we restructure Ronnie and we restructure – we may restructure a guy like Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could extend a guy like like potentially, a, um, you know, an offensive line. Maybe it's like Morgan Moses, right? You know, we mm-hmm. gave him a, a two-year deal it was. And we do a, a you know – Hey, why don't we extend this a year for him yeah. or not? Or we go, you know what? We kind of really like our backup and Daniel Fulele, which we're still hoping. We still believe in him. I feel like we've oh. kind of given up on, on big, sexy Ben Cleveland. But oh, I thought, oh, one thing, one big, big old thing. We need to either restructure that, how to Patrick Ricard's deal, and see if we can get him <laughs> out of here. I forgot about that because uh, in this time, Monkey's offense. I know Tom Monk is going to try to use. I'm not going. I'm not going to say he's going to be completely on the bench. Uh, don't get me wrong, y'all. If he, uh, Tom Monk can obviously about to, about to take a look at the personnel and see what's available and how players can be used. But I feel like Patrick Ricard is another one um, deal that could either be restructured or possibly yeah. cut. Yeah, and and you know let's let's kind of transition. Let's move on. Uh, getting into another section because you know, a lot of things to talk about. You know. You know, a lot of big things. Yeah, yeah. But on Twitter, this is something that I've been seeing a lot on Twitter, maybe because <laughs> that's the place of conspiracy theories. That's the place of everyone going it. crazy and thinking about things. But shout out to Cam on Twitter. He, he asked us to talk about the theory of collusion. And then also says the best possible outcomes of the Lamar era in Baltimore in terms of him staying or going. Let's focus on the theory of collusion. We've talked about what if Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore and people were not happy with our opinion because we're like, it can work if Lamar leaves. And they were like, you darn Ravens fans are fake. It's like, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. like Joshua said, you know, there is still a franchise if Lamar leaves. We're still going to be here. Um, we wish the best if he leaves. We'll leave it at that. But this idea of collusion, it's not new. Um, this idea that 
for people that don't know what people are saying, you know, when they refer to collusion with Lamar Jackson deal is nobody is trying to sign Lamar Jackson. Apparently mm-hmm. like this whole idea of all of these teams all throughout, it was, was it Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday was the, yeah. the deadline all through Tuesday. It was like the Falcons were meeting with the Ravens and man, they were interested. Like they yeah. were hearing about like yeah. talks progressed severely with the Falcons. And then right when the Ravens tag, it was like, Falcons aren't going after Lamar. And I was like, okay. Carolina Panthers, Panthers aren't going pursuing. after Panthers aren't going after Lamar. Raiders not pursuing. Everybody's uh, not pursuing. Commanders not pursuing. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute. Why yeah, is yeah. nobody going after him? Yeah, yeah. And you know, the players' association is also involved because apparently they're pushing Lamar to not go after a fully guaranteed contract, um, is what I've heard, which is kind of surprising. But there's this idea that the Ravens and the NFL owners are all working together to not have to pay these quarterbacks, these fully guaranteed deals, because let's be honest, fully guaranteed deals are for the players. Fully guaranteed deals do nothing for the organization, but incentivize the player to stay there. Um, that, that is, that is what they do. That is why they're there. It, there's no benefit to a fully guaranteed deal to an organizational standpoint. Yeah. Organizations, they look at it and they go, I don't care who you are. I don't want to guarantee everything. What if you get hurt? What if you retire? You know, what if, what if you stop playing well, then we're going to be, you know, screwed. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. So they like to do incentivized based deals. They like to do deals where they say, Hey, you know, the first two years are guaranteed. And then, you know, we'll decide after then and, and things like that. And this is new. The NBA does, uh, the NBA is better about contracts being more guaranteed. However, the NBA does more team options, right? You can do a team option after two years. Do you want to keep this contract or not? Instead, the NFL is like, the players are like, we want fully guaranteed deals. And last year, a lot of NFL teams were like, let's do it. Let's yeah. get our guys. Let's lock them in. Let's give them crazy guarantees. Last year was like the greatest guaranteed. Last year was the year to get a contract, etc. because everybody was getting guarantees. It was like Oprah. Deshaun Watson, <laughs> you got like 20 civil cases out against you and you haven't played in two years. Yeah. Fully guaranteed contract. Kyler Murray, you've missed the last, you know, a few games of multiple seasons in a row and you're refusing to play unless you get a contract. Major guarantees and big contracts. Aaron Rodgers, you want an insane deal? Fully guaranteed two-year deal. Derek Carr, insanely high guarantees um, with a no-trade clause. Russell Wilson, crazy high guarantees. And it was like, wow, everyone's getting this guaranteed money. Yeah. And this idea of collusion is that the owners have come together. And maybe it, maybe it's spoken. Maybe it's unspoken. Maybe the owner's like, let's not do this because... They don't want to have to start fully guaranteeing everything. Because if you start with the big players, this is how it works. It trickles down. It trickles down and everybody starts getting these fully guaranteed deals. And I I guarantee, fully guarantee this, you don't want to give a deal to, let's say, Demarcus Robinson signs a three-year contract with you. You don't want to have to give him a fully guaranteed deal because you want to be able to cut him after a year, right? Because there are a lot of players where it's, you know, you sign up for multi-year deals, but you're like, the first year is guaranteed. Like, we don't know if we want to keep you after that. Yeah, yeah. Taysom Hill is the best example. Taysom Hill signed an unbelievably large contract with the Saints. And a lot of people looked at it because he was making like $30 million a year or something like that. Maybe it was 40 
but it was so weirdly worded and not guaranteed where it was like, yeah, they can just get out of it. Right. Whenever they want mm-hmm. the 49ers, they traded for Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey seen as one of the best running backs in the world. I think he is the best. And everybody was like, oh man, the 49ers are screwed with the cap because you know, he's on this massive contract. They're not because it's not fully guaranteed and they can just basically get rid of him whenever they want with no repercussions. They don't want to become teams where they go, oh, we have to keep this player. And then players become severe cap casualties. You're going to start seeing, you know, trading a first round pick just to get rid of a player because they're costing so much for you. Like, could you imagine um, if you're the the Raiders and you're trying to trade Derek Carr and you can't find anybody because they're like, he's too expensive. And you're like, we have to get rid of this guy. Like you're sending picks now, and that's what they have to do in the NBA. Yeah, it's like there's guys where like you send them, and it's like, oh yeah, we don't want them. It's tough. At the same time, I don't think it's collusion. I think this is just a terrible time for Lamar Jackson to hit the open market. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. not enough teams. Last year was the year because there were so many teams looking for their guy, but they all just paid him. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Tommy does play a, play a lot for everything. Uh, me personally, I'm I'm just gonna go say it. Um, owners talk, owners talk. Like 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 let's be real about that. So do I feel like that the owners could be coming together to like not blackball Lamar, but kind of put him on a freeze to phase him out? I think that it could possibly be a situation um, because there are going to be teams that do offer him a deal. Now, if someone offers a quote unquote ridiculous deal, because so many people on Twitter. Hop on, hop on uh, that bird app, and all, and and been constantly saying that yes, the Ravens have offered Lamar Jackson one of the highest deals. Um, I don't know about you, McConnell. Maybe you can find it for me, but I have not seen um, or really heard the the numbers and this high this highest deal that the Ravens yeah, have been offered. Not out yet. Okay, thank you. I, as long as I'm not going crazy, because I give it up to the Ravens. To a degree, and I give it up to Lamar Jackson and his camp to a degree that they have not, that it has not uh, spewed out into a messy feud because it could be that type of situation. It could be like an Antonio Brown, or it could be like a Le'Veon Bell, you know, where they're you know taking on to media, you know, talking about the organization or the organization supposedly having all these uh, quote unquote dirty secrets that they've been holding holding back. But it just finds its way out to the media, and then the player goes down the twos. Hint: Deshaun Watson. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's 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 definitely um a bad timing, in my opinion, for Lamar Jackson to be asking for. I don't know if he's asking for a total guarantee deal. I don't believe he's asking for a total guarantee deal. Uh, deal. Excuse me. Um, but you know. Whatever he's asking for, it is it is, right now is bad timing because Steve Steve Bashadi was very vocal about it when the Deshaun Watson deal was made. You know, it's gonna be hard. And it's obviously showing that. You know, do I understand why these athletes are trying to get a guaranteed deal? Absolutely. Um, look at Byron Jones right now. He said he literally came out and said he can't jump or run anymore. As a player, I'm going to want to lock up as much money as I can before I get to the point where I can't jump or run anymore the way I used to. So if I'm Lamar Jackson and I've been used and if they've been using my uh, 
my abilities or my legs and not my throwing arm for the past four or five years, yeah, I don't mind asking for a guaranteed deal or getting my money up front because I don't know what I'm going to get in a Todd Munkin as a as of yet neither. He could be someone else that can be trying to use Lamar Jackson legs, which I don't think he would. But um, it's a lot to go into it, you know. And honestly, I feel like, you know, with the Ravens organization, they are coming from a place where they've been in a bad relationship. You know, they gave they gave they gave Joe Flacco, even though Joe Cool in January is Joe Cool. You know, he got him. He got him. Got him to the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl MVP. They paid him the big money that um, QBs were worth back then, and he didn't produce after that. So they could be moving. Excuse me, y'all. He could be uh, the Ravens organization could be moving on that type of energy as well. Like, hey, we don't want to put out so much money, and then you know, Lamar just completely declines. I mean, he has been hurt for the last for a combined ten games, out for a combined ten games in the past two seasons. So yes, that that you know, you can throw that up in his face as well. You know, so it's a lot of different factors that comes into negotiating. And you know, I'm not saying Lamar doesn't uh, doesn't um, he doesn't deserve guaranteed money. He has put this Ravens organization back in a spot for a contender uh, role. Now, well, if he's gone, will it hurt us? We won't know until the season starts. Because I I truly believe in my heart of heart, if it's Snoop and Anthony Brown for the quarterbacks. I believe Anthony Brown beats up Snoop, and he can get us to a playoff uh, to a playoff to be a playoff contender because we still have a strong defense. And Tom Munkin is going to do what he did best. He's going to use his personnel. He's going to coach. He's going to coach. He's going to coach. He's going to put a strong enough game plan where they're able to win. Even though the even though college is different from the NFL, Stetson Bennett did not have the best of arms. He was an older quarterback. They use uh, they they play to his strengths and not his weaknesses. A lot of play action for Stetson Bennett was utilized, and he also had George Pickens the 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 year before um, winning the Natty, and he done had about some of the biggest tight ends this previous year and a strong run game to you know win this win this Natty last year. So I do feel like you know if Lamar. But doesn't sign the franchise tag. We could possibly make it to the playoffs. We could be above five hundred. Um, I mean, it will be rough. It will be. It will be rough. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, we're gonna we're gonna roll through some punches, but um, I do think some things could be uh, things could be placed for us to still be a uh, winning uh, organization. Yeah, and if you want to be a winning organization. I think that starts from the top. Um, and I think, you know, this is a good transition point to talk about something that happened late last week, early this week. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman and Eric DaCosta. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, this is what he said. After uh, he quoted Sarah Allison, and Sarah Allison's tweet says, um, Eric DaCosta on problems with drafting wide receivers. If I had an answer, that would probably be mean. That would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. Rashad Bateman quotes this tweet, and he says, how about you play to your player's strength 
and stop pointing the finger at us in number eight. Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happened. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Basically, Rashad Bateman is tired of the disrespect that the Baltimore Ravens receivers get, not only from just the perspective of, hey, they aren't playing well, Mm -hmm. but in terms of they aren't being given any help. They've been given a terrible strength and conditioning coach and Steve Saunders. This was this tweet happened right after he was fired. Um, They've been given a terrible offensive coordinator for wide receivers in Greg Roman. And they constantly receive the blame and everyone at, and I don't know if this is necessarily Eric DaCosta's fault for him saying like we would have better receivers or whatever, because he has consistently been asked, I think it's more the media, in just, hey, are you drafting another wide receiver this year? Your receivers aren't playing very well. Like, that is asked at every single press conference. Yeah. Every single time. They are asked, what are you doing about the wide receiver position? Hey, could you go after a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? Could you go after a guy like Kenny Galladay it was a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, it was our first uh, Marvin Jones. video was Corey Davis. Yeah. That was the first ever YouTube video we ever made. Corey Davis. I think the title was Corey Davis should not become. Don't sign Corey Davis. Like that'd be a terrible <laughs> sign. Looking back on it, pretty good video. Uh, <laughs> but they, they always just push these narratives of the Ravens need it. And I think the Ravens do need wide receivers, but they haven't been given help. Joshua, what do you make of this whole situation with Bateman and, and Eric DaCosta and all of this? I mean, honestly, everybody wants to um uh, everybody wants to attack Rashad Bateman. Let me matter of fact, let me rephrase that. Everybody loves to attack players that finally speak up, you know, for the room. Honestly, you know, people eat. I even saw people on Twitter, you know, um, try to try to um, attack Hollywood for saying something, even though he's moved on from another team. He was literally in the organization. He saw what was going on. He only got demonized because he was the only one willing to speak up for that wide receiver room at that moment in time where nobody else was. Hell, even Des Bryant, Willie Sneed, when he finally left, spoke on, you know, the wide receiver room, how things were, how things operated. It's like you can't get mad at someone that's actually in the situation and they finally decide to speak up. Like we can't we can't keep on doing that. You know, I mean, that's like if, if someone was a victim to any type of hurt or some type of crazy situation, you can't get mad at them for finally speaking up about the situation with, that traumatized them for many of years. They was they were scared. They were scared. You don't know what the situation was like. So, you know, to see these athletes finally speak up about certain things, it is tr- I'm not mad at it. The the bad thing is is they constantly get demonized and um and their and, and their critiques always get like put to the side, like, oh, just shut up and dribble or just shut up and, and catch the ball. No, these guys are human just like you and I. They put their pants on, you know, hopefully the same way I do, hopefully the same way McConnell do, hopefully the same way, you know, um, the female athletes put their pants on the same way the female, uh, the other females out here in this world do. But, <laughs> but you know, re- respect goes a long way. Respect that these players are finally speaking up about, you know, some of their harsh treatment. I do understand, you know, um, I can't understand the frustration. Hell, just being a fan and seeing some seeing some of the moves that have been made 
for years of the wide receiver room. And it's no, it's no, it has not been a real upgrade. You're talking to a fan that's that's seen Derek Mason, that's seen Lee Evans, Jerry Macklin, um, who else? Oh my gosh, uh, Mike Wallace, the list goes Marlon Brown, Brashad Perriman, and Torrey Smith, and out of the Anquan Bolden, Jacoby Jones. Uh, I watched, I, I maybe saw a little bit of Jermaine Lewis when I was younger. But out of these names that I called, these guys, it's maybe about three out of the ten that's had a decent career. Hell, we even, I, I don't believe we drafted Brandon Stokely, but Brandon Stokely had a better year, had a better career. We did. I think we did draft Brandon Stokely. And, but, and he ended up having a better career with Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, so. And I, but I do give EDC his credit and respect because he is willing to go out there and attack the draft to bring in wide receivers into this um into this organization. Have they all hit? No, that's going to happen. That's a part of the game. You know, it's all about taking a taking a risk every now and then. We just haven't been roll, we haven't rolled the uh, the best of dice um, when it comes to some of the wide receivers we have picked. Yeah, we gotta we gotta remember that these guys are players, and we gotta remember that this is also a business. And so, every boss is not going to say, "I screwed up." I should like no matter what Eric DaCosta says, mm-hmm. he's putting someone at fault. He's not saying like, "There's no way that they, he can answer any question that says, hey. The wide receivers that you have haven't been playing well. There's nothing he can say that sounds good, right? He can say, yeah, we drafted the right guys. They're just not putting up numbers. So then that's the system. Well, he hired the coach. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know what? You know, we're looking to add. Why? Because your receivers aren't good enough? That's disrespecting the wide receiver core. Man, I wish we could have drafted better. Well, first off, that's disrespecting the wide receiver core. It's also disrespecting the scouting department. Like, there's nothing you could say. These are, these are questions from the media that are designed to create stories and create narratives so mm-hmm. that they can talk about it and make their money. That yeah. is why those questions come up. It's not because they're like, I really want to know what Eric DeCosta thinks about this wide receiver room. Everybody knows what Eric DeCosta thinks about this wide receiver room because they have eyes. The wide receiver room isn't that good. And, you know, he finally said it. Took him three years to say it. And he's like, yeah, you know what? We should probably have some better wide receivers. Like, in terms of draft, like, we've missed on a lot. That's not incorrect. Like, he said the truth. definitely ain't. Like, and Rashad Bateman's upset, rightfully. Um but, you know, overall, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that situation. Is there going to be a doghouse? Uh, there better not be. I'm telling you right now, John. But, but, but you know what? You know what? I, I'll say this. And this and this is this is just a life tidbit. If someone doubts you, if someone tears you down in any type of way, form, form or fashion, if someone says that you can't do something, guess what? Go out there and prove it to them. So Rashad Bateman, James Prochet, Devin DuVernay, who we definitely believed could have been – could arguably be one of the best slot receivers in the league because you know when we when we draft Devin and James Prochet, you know McConnell what we said between the between the both of these guys, they don't hit about two, 
three or four drops, you know, combined in uh, in their college days. So we're getting some guys with for sure hands. Go out there, show this league. This is y'all last year, especially uh, James and Devin DuVernay. Take the league by storm. That's mm-hmm. how you shut the doubters up. That's how you prove your EDC, uh, EDC, your manager, wrong. Go out there and play the game. Y'all been putting in the work. Just let it translate to the field. I know it's easier said than done, but sometimes the man that outworks the outwork the uh, other man, sometimes no, not sometimes, most of the time comes out on top. Yeah, I I agree. You know, everybody listening in the on podcast platforms, anybody watching on YouTube, let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below on this whole situation. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, make sure to leave a review. Five stars. We're, you know, we're giving away a. You know, I don't want to repeat it, but also like we want to help you guys out by you know giving away a jersey. So we're giving away a jersey when we get those Apple Podcast reviews. Um, but let us know your thoughts. You know, we're we're super interested. Thank you all so much, and we'll see all of you again next time.